I forgot how much I enjoy talking to you. <laughs> oh, hey man, right back at ya. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to Nerdy for 30, the podcast where comedian Tim Keck and I talk about nerdy-ish things for 30-ish minutes. My name is Kevin Bauer. I am back after being out ill last week. I had horrible food poisoning. It was nothing compared to how disgusted I was that the song from the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special did not get more love. That song is an instant classic. I, it should have been 30 minutes of talking about that song. I love it. I love it. Danny wasn't biting on it. She was not. She's not feeling it at all. She wasn't. I, was, I love it. I love that song. I've listened to it a lot. I heard we're in like a gap period for like Spotify right now. Like they do the wrapped and then you kind of have December to just listen to whatever you want. And then oh. January starts like wrapped apparently only goes from January to November. Otherwise, my wrapped would just be this Christmas song being played over and over again. Honestly, I've, I've been rocking it constantly. Even the one Kevin Bacon sings at the end. I love it. I, I love it. Oh, all. it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I you know what? They did that on purpose because that's what all of our listener personalities would have been is just James Gunn fiends. But we're not here today to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. We're not no, here to I talk wish about... We were. I Hey, great movie. <laughs> also, not the holiday special. Not talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. We're not talking about nope. the Guardians of the Galaxy at all. We are talking about Violent Night, the new David Harbour killer Santa action flick that hit theaters on December 2nd. Tim, what did you think? I thought it was ho, 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 K. Uh, <laughs> I think I got the Doctor Strange problem. Like we've had this before where you we did a whole hype pod dedicated to Doctor Strange and you just elevated your own expectations so high. You're talking about everyone who's going to be in it. I I just got I think I got too excited for this movie. I think I was expecting too much. And if I tempered my expectations like I always tr- like I normally try to do, mm-hmm. I think I would have enjoyed it way more. But some part of me was like, I want more. They like they give you the stuff. They give you the good stuff. I guess I just wanted more of the good stuff and just quicker. And they tried to add this story, which I mean, it was probably I mean, I'm going to rewatch this movie. I mean, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. It's on the road. It's on the Christmas rotation now. I'm not I'm not overly critical of this movie. I just I think I got overhyped and I was expecting David Harbour to come in swinging. And just be murdering everybody. This is Santa. He's in control and he's going to save these kids because I don't think we need like a redemption arc for Santa doing this thing. But it was okay. All the stuff with the kids was cute. The violence was awesome. I somehow I wanted more. I don't know. But that's that's probably a me problem. I don't know if everybody else feels that way. I don't know. I think we may be united on wanting more at the very least. I thought this movie, I think I liked it more than you. I thought this movie was so good. It was so close to being an actual classic. This movie, like, I don't know that I've ever seen something get this close to being really good, but then fumble it at the, God, why did I start going into a football analogy <laughs> what's Troy the Malu. smallest amount of yards is there a zero yard line <sighs> one yard well you know one in goal i don't know inches they'll say inches sometimes all right i can't believe that this movie fumbled it i don't know that it got to inches this movie uh fucked it up at like the 10 yard line it like it had a little bit further to go at the beginning of the movie the first scene of this movie is incredible like the very first scene that's out there is so yeah. fun. It's a perfect intro to this character. If I'd never seen the trailer for the movie and didn't know what kind of movie we were in for, 
I thought it was basically going to be like bad Santa. Like I would think that this is just David Harbour is another mall Santa. And then you get that hint of he knows the bartender's grandson wants the video game. You get that beautiful corny ass line of like, you can't go up there. Those stairs lead to the roof. (laughs) Oh, my God. Her like look in wonder to the skies as he's flying away and then he hurls on her. That's that's just a it's a great scene. God, honestly, you talking about I like want to rewatch this movie. I think I I think this is a fun movie. I think I think it's but it's is David Harbour just cursed to be in like this tier of movie like he did Hellboy and that's like an R and I kind of enjoyed Hellboy. I thought it was I thought it was okay, but it wasn't good. Like I I liked I liked David Harbour in it. I liked that it was an R. I liked how violent it was. I liked so many things about it, but it was still like kind of like a B movie. And this feels like the same thing, kind of, where it's like, I think this is better. This is more fun. I'm going to be rewatching this more. But it seems like I thought I think these like R action comedies are like David Harbour's tier. Mm -hmm. I just wish it was like just a little bit. Maybe he'll get it on the next one. Honestly, maybe the third action R-rated action comedy he does will just absolutely destroy. I don't know, but he's trending upwards. But this is definitely like it feels like an A minus. You're right. I'm not really sure. Like they could have gone campier or just. I don't know what's missing from this. I think I was thinking a lot about this while I was watching it because it's not too long after that opening scene that I loved that it starts to kind of trip. And I was really trying to break down if it was the villain situation, because I think John Leguizamo is doing a little too much here. Um, You know, you look at another classic Christmas action movie like Die Hard, and maybe it's unfair to compare John Leguizamo to Hans Gruber, (laughs) one of the all time best action movie villains. But uh, Alan Rickman's really like I don't I don't even want to say he's underplaying it, but he's playing it really steady. Like he's playing the character very. It's uh, not a caricature, right? Yeah, that's the perfect way to phrase it. Whereas John Leguizamo keeps doing these really weird like riffs and I even the little touches like having the um the code names be like sugar plum scrooge all that kind of stuff i feel like it's the kind of thing where if you do it and you show that maybe once and you don't really comment on it it's fine but the movie had just a little too much self-awareness around it maybe that's what i want i want this movie to not have any self-awareness i want them to play this dead fucking straight yeah um i think john leguizamo in general just changes the whole tone of this right like if he's the big bad because he's doing John Leguizamo stuff. I was kind yeah. of I was honestly pretty impressed with like the, the you know, the fight at the end where yeah. he's like holding his own. I was like, oh, OK, this is cool. I kind of buy him as like being able to fight Santa and like beat him up. I'm just realizing this now, as you said, the Santa names, like the Christmas names. John Leguizamo is the big bad, right? He, oh, yeah. He's running this operation. He hates Christmas. Mm-hmm. So why are all the code names Christmas themed? I think. The in-character explanation would be that it is ironic. I think that's Mm. his way of being like, yeah, fuck Christmas. Which, by the way, uh, I wanted to ask this. As motivations for hating Christmas go, what did you think of John Leguizamo's reason for hating Christmas? It's insane. 
It's insane. Well, I think just the idea of him hating Christmas, uh-huh. I kind of groaned when it was like like him robbing someone is enough. I don't think he needs to hate Christmas. Honestly, I think it's even better if it's like a guy who's like kind of doesn't give a fuck about Christmas. Yeah. Like it's just like even if he, if he's he can be neutral on Christmas and Santa's just kicking his ass like it's 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 more funny to play the villain even stri- like if the villain is played straighter. Right. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about the X, Y axis of comedy and one is like the grounded reality of like a bank robber or like somebody robbing a house and the other one is like Santa and like christmas shit you want to go as far out as possible on both lines to get to the funniest point and that's john leguizamo like playing this like straight as fuck mm-hmm. and and santa claus doing all the santa shit and just like murdering everybody and it's like real grounded responses from the villains like if we really ground the shit out of the villains this is a better movie just by contrast i so, think oh this is fascinating because this perfectly dovetailed into the next thing that i wanted to ask you about I love David Harbour in this. Don't get me wrong. I really like this character for David Harbour. I hope we see more of David Harbour playing this version of Santa. Um, That said, for the XY axis of comedy, do you agree that this would be a funnier movie if there was just like some very old traditional Santa type playing the action (laughs) Santa in this? Almost like a no name, just like a jolly old man just like a jolly old man i mean i think yeah you're right like that would be funnier if it's like but that's i feel like that's kind of been done like in south park or something right they have Mm -hmm. like they do that kind of shit where it's just like straight up santa i think him being like disengaged from the holiday i think is pretty good it was just like an extra 10 minutes of time just like brooding with david harbour and I didn't need it. I could I knew he wasn't that I just they could have cut. I mean, I feel like we say this a lot, but they could have cut 50 minutes from this movie. It would have been mostly David Harbour just brooding or just like scenes of just like the, the henchman just running around. And the movie would have been so, so much. But this should have been like a 90 minute movie. I don't know why it was yeah. like it was almost two hours, which seems kind of crazy. Uh, There's just a lot of time with David Harbour just being like, oh, is Christmas real or what? I don't even know what he cared about. Like, who gives a shit? He's like just moping around the whole time. And it's like you think after. And it's also like it's revealed that he is like a Viking warrior in like Mm -hmm. a past life. And arguably it's been like a century or whatever centuries since then. But you'd think at some point he'd be ready to kick ass like early. Like it shouldn't take so much work for him to go into I'm going to murder everybody mode. Like that should have like his his wife sent him his war hammer, which had a fun name. To be fair, I did laugh at that point when he pulls out the hammer and the girl goes of skull smasher. And she's like overjoyed. Like, that's the kind of shit that I want is a girl mm-hmm. who's just like Marvel, like marveling at Christmas. And Santa's just like bloodily beating people. And she's like, go Santa. Like, that's like the energy that we need in this is just. I don't know. I don't know why he didn't get into it earlier. Pretty much once he gets the hammer, once he finds a sledgehammer in in the shed, it's like the movie change. Then it's like Mm -hmm. then they start really giving you what you want. Up until that point, I feel like it was a little I was less excited about it. It just wasn't as good. Well, his motivation wasn't super clear, right? Because like the opening scene, it seems like there's going to be a really clear through line because he's talking about how kids just want money these days. Like everything's really commercial. They either want money or they want the newest materialistic thing. Like nobody cares about the spirit of Christmas. Then we cut to a house for a disgustingly rich family that has 
arguably been ruined by wealth. Um, I mean, you look yeah. at the like the foil family for the protagonist family, and it's like a complete like monster Karen mom. It's like a self-absorbed actor stepdad and then a kid that won't stop streaming like it's, it's like succession or some shit yeah it's like really <laughs> it's like a dystopian view of uh like those wealthy families and then the main family were made to believe like oh you know they haven't been they haven't been affected by the wealth in the same way and like trudy is this like this little girl that truly embodies the spirit of christmas she all she wants is for her parents to be together and so i was confused that when Santa's in the house and the house starts getting robbed or like, you know, he hears the gunshots and stuff and he's trying to get out of the house. Number one, it was strange to me that like Trudy's the only kid that's there. Well, I guess the streamer kid too, but like Trudy and the streamer kid are there. So he should probably know who he's leaving presents for. He should know that if there's this girl that actually embodies the ideals that he said that he wanted in that first scene, that like she's someone that he wants to look out for. But still, he, like, does the whole deal where he, like, you know, gets out of the house, tries to escape, and then looks back in the window and is very begrudgingly, like, oh, okay. Where I feel like it's stronger if he's, like, this is a girl that's worth saving. Like, this is a girl that I need to stay here for. Like, Trudy, you are the spirit of Christmas. I'm going to kick ass to save you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it felt like a very traditional movie like as far as the hero's journey is concerned like right because like in like the end of the movie is when he makes his turn right where he like decide he makes the decision yeah to go after it but i also feel like we we're all in on the bit it's called violent night it's david harbour fighting like what if he makes that turn like 30 minutes in are we sure. really gonna be upset that he's just like straight up fighting all these guys like in this movie you know and like maybe he could be murdering everybody and still hate christmas mm -hmm. and then maybe his maybe his turn instead could be that he is ultimately convinced to believe in christmas again you know like maybe that's his turn is that he starts to believe again even while he's like being the shit out of all these guys oh you know? i love that like then the then the turn isn't it's okay to kill people the turn is like Christmas is there is power in like Christmas and it is it can be beautiful and this girl embodies that I mean the girl was great I mean there is zero percent chance that those parents stay together though they are <laughs> no problems were fixed it just he robbed his mom for millions of dollars he's a selfish jerk they fought one guy together they trauma bonded for a little bit they got you know six months out of that and then next Christmas, Trudy's begging for Santa to get her parents back together. But, uh, you know, that would involve his, her dad being around, which I guess he isn't isn't willing to do. So that's a. Um, she's also the the wife had never been to his house before. Been to his family's not. home. So this is like a weird. Were they even married? Are they? No, she has to have been to the home because um, the gate. The guy at the gate recognized her and recognized Trudy, right? Oh, that's true. That's true. I was I there was just a line where it was like, I can't believe you grew up. I still can't believe you grew up like this. That made me think that she wasn't around that much. But I think that no, was you're the right. thing where it's like, no matter how many times I come here, I can't believe you grew up like this. Like that sort of thing. Yeah, it's an it's just another thing where I'm like, they're together at the end because they're supposed to be together. But ultimately, like all their problems are like nothing's been solved <laughs> during this. Well, that's the holidays, Tim. Oh, my God. So. I. I was devastated when they shot 
the gatekeeper guy. Oh, when they yeah. shot Al, holy that, shit! I was stunned at how much that hit me. I was so upset, and they they did it so well. It's like a great introduction to John Leguizamo. I mean, him just walking up and like cold blooded murdering this. Like he doesn't have to murder this guy. They can like tie him up or something. They could trank him. He just shoots him in the head. It's like oh fuck, Al's. I I loved him. I mean, he was the most sympathetic figure in the whole movie. Honestly, it hurt. It really did hurt. Yeah. I was very surprised by that. I'm right there with you. Did you like the family at all? I know like the we talked about the dynamic, but did you like these characters? Did you enjoy the kid? Like at the end of the movie, there's like a stinger, right? Did you see the stinger? And it's the kid who is like on his cell phone and is like posing with a body and is doing this thing. I hated that kid so much. Like it's it's just the lamest fucking character to do it like it's funny to see him like get his ass beat but even making that the stinger the idea that they have like all this whole cast of characters they have santa claus all this action all this wild stuff happened and they're like you know what the audience is gonna love another <laughs> scene with the shitty influencer guy who is you know <laughs> the closest thing to like the shitholes we need to deal with in everyday life Right. Like I, we all know that guy, that guy fucking sucks. We have no choice but to view him every time we open up Instagram or TikTok. We hate that kid. And yet we were that he's the, he's like the final taste in your mouth when you leave. I don't know. Did you like him? Did you like his parents? Did you no. like any of this? Fuck no, <laughs> no. I, the, who I did like is Beverly D'Angelo. This is a great Beverly D'Angelo role. Honestly, of all the people yeah. in this movie, she maybe crushes her role the hardest. Um, although, I mean, I, Look, whatever problems there are with the script, whatever problems there are with motivation, I really, truly think this is like, if we get a sequel, this could be in the pantheon of David Harbour characters. It's not a big pantheon yet. I feel like he's kind of been shorted in that way. Obviously, he's got hop. Hellboy, I hated his Hellboy movie. You think this is even a, like, how would you even describe this character? Like, do you think this character, do you think David Harbour's put a unique enough spin as a performer onto Santa Claus that this is something they could run back and you'd be like, this is a top tier. Like he goes on SNL and he does and he brings this character back a la like Dave Chappelle. They really just like do the, the Chappelle show. Like whenever he's on, they're going to have like David Harbour on and they're going to do a Stranger Things sketch. He's going to dress up as Hellboy and then he's going to do Santa from Violet Night. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's unique and I don't think he did anything. I think he was just a drunk asshole. And I don't know what did, what did you love about his character? I think it unlocks with the Viking backstory. And I think when he starts going into Mm. like the world weariness, like the it's, it's tough because it's the kind of thing that's so assisted by the world they've created in the film, but moments in it that he, to his credit plays completely straight are like the moment when he has to stitch himself back up, but with Christmas ribbon and like uh, an ornament hook, like those little things where he is able to give it that like hard action movie edge, despite the fact that the other things that are happening are ridiculous. Like those are the moments where this movie truly shines and just little things. I know you can't, this is just part of the costume design. You can't attribute this to David Harbour as an actor either, but like the way he's all tatted up and stuff, I feel like he embodies that. It informs the world weariness that he has overall as a character. And that's not unique to this character versus Hopper or his Hellboy. Like that's kind of his his shtick as an actor. But yeah, I think it's Hopper. It, it, Hopper would stitch himself up, right? I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, you got me there. He'd stitch himself up. It's I guess it's He's just Hopper a different playing flavor. Santa is what it feels like. Who yeah. also was a Viking. Yeah, I think I think that's the big thing. Look, you got me. <laughs> I got gap. I didn't mean to. I wanted you to come back and like defend this, but no, and then I, think I realized I'm right. that I don't a, know. A wrapping paper thin argument. Yeah. <laughs> I know we've been mentioning Die Hard a lot. I don't know why. I don't know why Die Hard's on our brains, but this does feel like Violent Night is Die Hard is like a diehard homage, right? Because like the scene of Santa stitching himself up, a lot of diehard is like, part of me is like longing for more action in diehard, kind of the way I longed for more action in Violent Night. Mm -hmm. But when you rewatch it over and over again, it's like, it's the moments where John McClane is like alone, like stitching himself up or like cleaning his wounds or whatever. And like I think that's probably what they were trying to do with this story right it's santa he's like hiding around the house there's a lot of scenes of him just like being on his own he's talking to the girl through the headset kind of like they do in die hard like now that i'm thinking about it i feel like that's exactly what they tried to do they tried to do they tried to do die hard as opposed to just taking the name violent night and making that movie right yeah and i think there's i mean there's obviously a ton of homages going on here i felt mixed feelings about them there were a couple moments where they just wholesale took moments from other movies like the skim milk (laughs) thing uh is just it's just straight up from the santa claus like yeah you can't just take that that's it's just a joke from a different movie um there was another one they did too oh fuck what was it uh i think it was another santa claus movie but it was just like, are you for real? You're just going to straight up do this again? Like, you're just going to run back the exact same joke? Yeah. Uh, felt pretty mixed about that. Although, they made references to Home Alone. And I was like, sure. You know, if we're setting this in the real world, people have seen movies. They're going to have seen Home Alone. And then when they set it up, when she's like, I can do traps, like in Home Alone. I was like, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, they... <laughs> literally spelled out exactly what she's going to do instead of just letting us see like oh cool yeah she mentioned home alone so she's going to make these traps we know where she got them from and then the traps themselves were so good that i (laughs) forgave everything it was so much fun to watch i love that they called their shot there where they're just like they were doing home alone we're just doing Home Alone. Uh, it's going to be way more violent than Home Alone. What we're doing the Home Alone where like he wanted to kill people and they yeah. did it and they crushed it. Like the stair thing is so oh funny because like they're eight. Like that's like a, a Home Alone thing, right? He has like a single nail sticking up and it's like on this thing and he like pricks his finger on it and then he runs away and one mm-hmm. of the bad guys steps on it and that hurts him. And now <laughs> they end up using it to like stab through this guy's mouth and it doesn't kill him. It's amazing. And then they do the bowling balls. Like, were there bowling balls in, in Home Alone? I don't they even were. remember. But they're yeah. doing all these like Home Alone-esque things in just cranking it up to like a lethal level that mm. I mean, I enjoy. I mean, I think there's a lot to enjoy about this on the rewatch. Like, I think next year we're going to be singing a different tune about Violent Night. Whenever we we re, re, it's it's in the rotation for Christmas. I think it's going to grow yeah. on me a lot. The more we the more we talk about it, I think, yeah, it's just going to be on in the background and I'm going to be tuning in for parts and tuning out for others. And I think the parts with the kid are going to be the parts where I'm paying attention. She was great. She was real good. Did you is she 
Do you think she was too old to be so shitty at making cookies, though? I thought (laughs) maybe the Santa. (laughs) There's a moment with the cookies where David Harbour picks up all of her cookies because he likes them. Mm -hmm. He puts them all in his pocket and then he pulls out one and he eats it. And it's not the Santa. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Why didn't he eat the Santa one? And then outside he pulls out the Santa cookie and it's like hers. And he's like, oh, she made this. She loves Santa. But the cookie looked so shitty. (laughs) The cookie looked unrecognizable which is like kind of sweet but also i'm like what is this girl five this girl, she has no motor skills whatsoever i mean <laughs> she, i mean what is she is she gonna she's like reading books right like she's in elementary school she can function as a human being like i don't understand how this is this is like a 11 year old kid i feel like real inconsistent age that was going to be one of yeah. my gripes it's like i i don't understand the the relationship between the girl and Santa just because I don't fully know how old the girl is. Like, I, I don't know. It's strange. I don't know how this stuff She's works. She's right on the border. Day shift had She's another, right like, really questionably aged girl where it's just like, are you five or 15? Like, what's going on here? Right. That feels like that feels like a trope, an action movie trope into itself. Honestly, it's just where there's like the girl who's like smarter than the parents. Mm. She's got more going on. She's like excuse me, figuring out all this stuff. And she's just an ambiguously aged, you know, she's like Paddington bear, you know, where it's just like, oh, they're a bear. You know, it's like Paddington could be an adult. Paddington could be a child. We have no idea. It's just a just a cute little bear. And everyone in this world has accepted that it's a bear. We treat him like a kid when we want to treat him like a kid. We treat him like an adult when we want to treat him like an adult. And it's all fine. It feels like that's just kind of like a thing they do. But with like young girls, it's Mm. like you get a young girl. Her parents are divorced. They're having trouble and she bails them out. She beats the bad guy. She's doing all this stuff. It's I don't know. I don't. It's not a trope I hate, to be honest. It doesn't make any sense. It's weird, but uh, I always enjoy it. Getting like a cute kid on screen, just just murdering bad guys. I'm here for it. I love it. She took lives that night. Oh, my God. She's got more lives on her hand than her parents. She's got to go back to school like after winter break. And they're like, what did you do? And she's like, I took life (laughs) from another person. I watched the eyes of a human being grow dim. As I <laughs> impaled their body with nails that I intentionally <laughs> tried to sabotage them with. She tortured these people and it's it was incredible. Oh, my God. She's like, here, I yeah. drew a picture of it and holds it up and it looks like a drawing of Mr. Bill. She just still has no ability to translate. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I came up with the perfect sequel, right? Hit me. So, you know, in like the Santa Claus, Tim Allen, mm-hmm. right? They do the Santa Claus. Then like they do the Santa Claus 2. Right. Like years later and the kid is like grown up. Mm -hmm. Right. And the kid's a problem. He's like messing around. And Tim Allen's like, I got to find I got to get my dick sucked. So I don't have time for this kid. I'm trying to get my dick wet with his teacher. And that's like the whole point of the movie. He just has to fuck before Christmas (laughs) or else everything's everything's ruined. So (laughs) he uses magic (laughs) to trick this woman. I don't know. It's a sketchy. It's a sketchy scene. But. I like the idea of them just like a decade from now or just just recast, just recast. The girl is back. She's grown up and she has a taste for blood. She's killed as a child <laughs> and she can't forget it. It was the best night of her life. That's when she began mm-hmm. believing in Christmas. That's when she saw Santa Claus. And that's when she took two lives. Well, she took one. She killed one guy. Mm. And Didn't what if she goes? Santa Claus. What if she she Santa Claus normalized killing? 
for her. She watched Santa Claus yes. kill on top of killing herself. Yeah, she associates. This is also the night her parents got back together and they were broke. Like this is this is a this is the biggest event of her young life, right? Her life is forever changed after the event of Violet Nights. And her parents are going to get separate, are going to separate again. Her dad's not going to mm. be around. Her mom seems sweet, but, you know, a single family household. She's got to work. This girl's getting out. She's gone off to no good. She like, you know, befriends a janitor at school. He's like kind of lonely. No one would miss him. She <laughs> follows him to the shed after work. She picks up a rake. She remembers when Santa Claus used household weapons to kill people. And she emulates her hero reflecting on the best night of her life when Christmas was real and she she murders this man and now she's got a taste for it. Now she's out for vengeance. It's Christmas Eve. She's going to go on a killing spree. Who stops her? The man who set her on this path. David Harbour, Santa Claus. Boom. Violent Night 2. Violent Night 2. What's what's that character's name? Trudy. Oh Violent God, Night Trudy. 2. Trudy's, Trudy's Revenge. And you just like go all in on this girl growing up being fucked up and Santa Claus has to put her down. I think that's it. I think that's a hit. Holy I got a bang on her head. So I got to tweet at I got to tweet at David Harbour before somebody else does. Yeah, you got to get in there. I'm fully on board. <laughs> the only pitch that I have is that we got to work Naughty List into that title somewhere. Like Violent Night 2, the Naughty List or something. <laughs> and maybe it's like there's a list of kids that he's working his way through. Probably oh not God. kids. Probably people that he's working his way through and he's got to like shut these people down. And then the kingpin that he's working toward is Trudy. Like maybe it's like a gang that's, that's beautiful. Like been doing crazy shit around this town leading up to the Christmas season. Oh, that's it. Violent, Violent Night 2 the naughty list and it's just him hunting down people on the naughty list and killing them then he runs into trudy mm -hmm. they battle it out it. he doesn't expect like a it. he sees her name off. he realizes yes. it's her yeah her name is like i don't know it's um, gertrude right uh, is it gertrude yeah oh yeah it just is gertrude on the list she's an adult now it's not trudy anymore he doesn't even remember her or she's just she shows, shows up on his list as like her her serial killer name. Like she's been nicknamed by the like the towns looking for um I don't know. The uh I can't think of a single good good name, the mower. I don't know. I like the to think mower? she ran somebody over with a lawnmower and like that's her signature move is to like throw them through a, a wood chipper. So now she's like either the chipper, the mower, and that shows up on his list. He goes to confront her. It's Trudy. They have a, there's like a conflict, right? They fight. They beat the shit out of each other and, you know, it's a draw. And then they ultimately end up joining forces and taking down everyone else on the naughty list. And then they just like storm the White House. They start murdering everybody they're like they're in guitar, like fixing that shit. They're just like going around, like writing, writing wrongs that have been done. You know, Did they're you going to the Koch brothers. They're just like taking out. It's like big names. They can just go right to the top. I mean, I'm here for it. That would be that'd be an awesome movie. Did you pitch Santa doing an insurrection? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing insurrections everywhere. All the insurrections, oh, every possible insurrection. I'm, I'm protesting him, him doing. I just, I just watched this TikTok video about how <laughs> the electrical grid in the U.S. is like completely fucked, and it was like, oh, if nine, if nine electrical grids in this country go down simultaneously, then like we'll have a blackout that lasts 180 days. 
or something like that. And it's just like, oh, we could. And, and the, basically, it's all about how the electrical companies, the grid is all like all designed from 1950. They should be readjusting it. It had like a 50 year lifespan there. We're way past that. They should be updating it. But of course, profits over, you know, all this stuff. So corporate greed is, is causing could potentially cause an entire electrical grid failure in this. And I think David Harbour, Santa Claus could do something about that. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Which is perfectly in time for uh, David Harbour's Violent Night 3 off the grid. <laughs> <laughs> the grid is down and Santa Claus is up to no good. Oh, my God. The power goes out in the entire U.S. and he just goes on a killing spree he's like i can save us you know the country like it all descends into like a like a uh, like the purge it's just like the entire country has gone purge because there's no electricity like i also one of the estimates was like 90 percent of the country would just die because of like no electricity because of like lack of food like we need it for everything so everything would shut down people just start dying and santa claus is like i can fix this with the christmas spirit and then he shows up, starts giving out presents, you know, a mugger. He sees a mugger, starts attacking. I mean, there's like a million ways we could have done this. Honestly, pitching ideas for what Violent Night could have been is like way more fun than talking about Violent Night. Well, I got a couple more things on Violent Night that I want to talk about yes, before okay. we end here. Go for as it. we're wrapping up uh, some beefs and thieves. Let me hit. Uh, yes. Let me hit the beef theme first. Where's the beef? OK, here's a beef. When. John Leguizamo tells this elite crack squad of commandos to kill the hostages. They don't do it. (laughs) They just don't do it for like a long time. Like they give so much time for all the hostages to fight back with no like formulated plan. They just kind of are able to do it because everybody ignores the direct order they got. I hate seeing that kind of stuff in a script. It's the same as when you see like a cut of like a chase scene and somebody that is way faster, like somebody in a car is like right behind somebody that's on foot. And yet they're able to make this chase scene last for like a couple different (laughs) cuts. It's like, just start with the car further back. We still get it. Just start with the car further back and we don't have any of these problems. Um, So that's my first beef. Second beef. Good point. Great beef. um, This elite paramilitary force gets shot at by a woman who has gone skeet shooting a couple times. <laughs> She's dead. There's like, if you, I, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. That you can there's attack. no way. She's hiding behind a snowbank. I was looking really carefully. There's no like stone or anything that they're shooting into. It's a pile of snow. And then like a very open railing situation. There's no way the mom survives that situation. Yeah, they could just unload and something would hit her. They were you know, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are my two biggest beefs. Do you have anything? No, let's do your thieves. All right. What you got? I got a couple on here. I think you're a thief. Okay. Thief number Already. one. The basement fight scene with the bag full of billiards balls and the Christmas light takedown. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Such a good fight scene. Holy cow. We watched this video, this YouTube video about like what makes Jackie Chan fight scenes so great. And one of the big ones that they bring up is like what the character does. If the character has something that makes them powerful, what that character does in response to losing that thing. 
and seeing him have to like reach around in this bag and find a weapon and then the weapon's no good he's got to figure out how to improvise something in that room and ends up filling a, a stocking hat with pool balls holy shit how much fun is that it's awesome. It's great commentary, too, that he's reaching the bag and everything's a video game. Yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> God, everything's it's just like all video games. <laughs> and, just, and then finally pulls out a golf club, which is useless. And then he does the, the pool ball thing, which is so fun. And then it immediately rips. Mm-hmm. It's just he's just constantly problem solving in that scene. And the solution is ultimately to stab him in the eye with a Christmas star and then electrify his whole body, which is insane it's great it's so good that that scene is is sweet i love it dude it was there are like there are a couple scenes in this movie where if you just shown me these scenes with nothing else in between i'd be like this is an all-time classic movie uh that's one of them yeah Opening the shed fight one. was awesome lights out shed it was fight great was so flawless good. no notes on the fled the shed scene home alone sequence great honestly the fight scene with like wasamo in the end could use a little bit more justification before we just bring him up the chimney and he comes out a torso but you know whatever i kind of like that and i was kind of bummed there wasn't more magic in this right or did you like yeah. that he was a, just a guy or did you kind of want i kind of wanted like a little more christmas stuff you know what if he like what if the somebody lost an arm in the bag, you know, like what if he <laughs> like somebody's arm disappeared in it and then he somehow closed it and just like cut off the guy's arm with it. I don't know. I oh. feel like there's there's things they could have done that are like Santa things that would have been fun to see. And oh, definitely. I mean, I don't know. They set up the chimney thing really well. And I, as, and I knew it was going to happen as soon as they had this fight scene and you pull back and there's just a chimney. There's nothing else. There's just a chimney in this field. Just a chimney. It's like, oh, hell yeah, it's coming. And it did not disappoint. It was great. It was awesome. <laughs> man, maybe I love this movie. It might be the uh, best movie I've ever seen. Watch it again, man. I thought it was a great time. I had so much fun <laughs> watching this movie. Oh, I'm going to watch it again. Cow. What did you think? Did you think this movie was a blast? Do you think this is a classic? Let us know. Send us an email, nerdy430 at gmail.com. You know, maybe we'll read it on the show. We've been doing those in the review previews. It's been fun. Thank you so much for listening, too, everybody. We'll be back here again next week talking about either Lethal Weapon 2 or The Nice Guys. I'm not sure which one we're going to dive into first. Uh, But it's going to be one of the two. We're going to talk about two. It's a little two-parter episode with our buddy Mike Green. It'll be so much fun. Happy season's beatings, everybody. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy. Yes.